From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Good morning and welcome once again to Radio 81 WEDL, 1550 WZUM, WMCK.FM, the new sound of the Mon Valley, and TubeCityOnline.com. Last year, Americans bought $2.3 billion in Easter candy. Well, most people, I think, like chocolate. And with Easter and Passover coming up here in just a couple of weeks, we thought it would be a good time to talk to the owner of, of a business that has really been a landmark in, in the Mon Valley. Our guest this morning is Marty Gastel. She is the owner of Dorothy's Candies in White Oak. Good morning, Marty. Good morning, Jason. How nice to be with you and your audience. How nice to be with you. You are the owner. Owner? What, what's your title there? My husband and I are the owners of Dorothy's Candies, and Dorothy was my mother-in-law. Okay, so so does that surprise you that, that we spent $2.3 billion on uh, uh, Easter candy? Well, let me just say, Jason, I'd be Not all at your store. if I got 2% of that. <laughs> <laughs> you could retire. And- uh, yeah, really. <laughs> it would be really nice. Uh, and, and I really do uh, hope that people will support local small business. And I really am a big believer that chocolate should be uh, a small business because we do ours handcrafted. And if people uh, begin to eat it, they will see, well, you just have to walk in our store and you'll understand the difference right away. I have a whole bunch of questions to ask you, so I'm going I'm to interrupt you for just a second so we can sort of go back a little bit. My wife and I uh, just toured the Harris Potato Chip Factory out in uh, eastern Pennsylvania, and I guess their big time of the year besides summertime, people on potato chips and pretzels, is Halloween because people buy little bags of potato chips and pretzels to put in bags. Is this, I'm assuming this is like the big time of the year for a candy company right now, Easter? The biggest time of the year is Christmas. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. And part of the reason for that is that many businesses find that giving Dorothy's candies is a great uh, business gift. Oh, sure. Uh, everybody likes it. Yeah. They always call back and thank you, so that really helps to cement your relationships, which is what you know the gift giving is about, among other things. You have a website, correct? Yes, Dorothy'sCandies.com. Oh, that's easy to remember. And, and for people who are not uh, real Internet savvy, what's the phone number? 412-678-2723. Okay. Let me uh, ask you some questions, because we, we have local business owners on this show a lot, and, and one of the questions, I always ask them uh, sort of, you know, what are sort of the challenges or how do they get into the business but in your case as you mentioned your mother-in-law started Dorothy's Candies tell us about that when did the business start well uh, she actually started uh, uh, in the depression going door to door with her mom and they would make candies and and sell them door to door so many people during the 1930s uh, didn't have any sorts uh, source of income and that really encouraged to be on people to be entrepreneurs and I always tell people when I tell that story that it's same time she was going door to door with her mom, my cousin was going door to door with his mom uh, selling Easter eggs, and that cousin was Andy Warhol. So I love oh, the really? Connection. Yes, I love the connection there, although I must uh, say that I don't think I inherited Warhol's talent, but I certainly <laughs> did. <laughs> 
Yes, that's how she got started. And she started the business, actually, in, in her basement in 1947. Uh, so she always had that, uh, that she sold right out of her business. And she never had a storefront for years. And then she uh, moved to Versailles Avenue in McKeesport, and many, many people still remember her from that tiny little store because a lot of people will tell me about their memories of Dorothy and uh, love to share those memories. She was a very kind woman in, in addition to being artistically very gifted. Go back there because um, there's a, there's so much there that, first of all, a lot of people think that Andy Warhol was from McKeesport. He was not. He was from the Oakland section Oakland. of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he was, a, he was a cousin, and I guess he painted, what, the Ukrainian-type uh, Easter eggs yes. or Russian his mother and he would paint the Ukrainian Easter, the Russian Easter egg, okay. and go door to door with those. He was uh, quite the artist, even as a young man. And yes, when I was a little girl, I did meet him once. He had already gone off to New York City because he was a good bit older than I was. But I did meet him at a time when he was a, an accomplished graphic artist, uh-huh. professionally very successful in business, not not yet as a fine artist. Who, who taught your mother-in-law then to, to make candy? How did she come up with her recipes, for instance? Um, I, I think that she really mostly developed her own recipes. Okay. Uh, I, I, she was very good at that, and we still have the, the recipes that she developed. So all of our centers are made on the premises, uh-huh. which is very rare. Most chocolate companies really today use a big a, a, an industrial bakery, for sure. example, and the centers will be brought over and, and then covered. But we make all of our own centers right on the premises, which is why one, one big reason for the handcrafted. And we, we use essentially her recipes. Now, we do other things that are new, like we have a Diva Divine line that's 72%, and we have goji berries and walnuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we're, you're aware of the new trends that are good, and we try to incorporate the trends that we think are meaningful and that are customers will like, but our recipes are rock-bottom Dorothy's. <laughs> Very interesting. To, to jump back a little bit, there's there's a lot of terminology that I want to ask you about, and I also want to ask you, because some people like to make their own Easter candy, and I want to, maybe we'll pick your brain a little bit here later on in the show about what common mistakes maybe people make, and maybe you can give them some tips. But um, you said she started out in her basement of her home. Where was that home? Do you know? In McKeesport. McKeesport on Grand, in Grandview. Grandview. Okay. And then and you're now located out on uh, Long Run Road in White Oak, not too far away. Um, how long have right. you been out there? Since the 80s. Okay. So it's been quite some time since we moved. But it was an expansion, obviously. Uh-huh. Dorothy was an incredibly productive worker. She produced so many chocolates by hand, hand-dipping them, hand-making them. And she had to hire assistants, and for a while, a lot of them did work in her basement, but we just outgrew that setting, <laughs> as you can imagine. So now we have quite an impressive plant. And, yes, we do tours of it. Uh, oh, really? Is, yes, we do. And we offer free tours to community groups. Uh, we would like to have between 5 and 20 people. But if, if you call Dorothy's in the autumn, we'll start them again. And we'll do them up until uh, uh, Thanksgiving. And then we take a break for Christmas. We're too busy to sure. do tours. And we'll do them again in January through March. So by, you know, by all means, groups are welcome to come. And we have a wonderful time with the tours. I, I have a memory that you used to shut down in the summertime, but I don't think that's true anymore, is it? You're still no, open in the summer. We're opened all summer long. Okay. But because chocolate doesn't do well in humidity or heat, 
we don't make a good deal of chocolate in the summer. Our manufacturing is essentially down, but what we just make enough to be able to replenish our stock. Sure. We we make our, our just to give you an idea, chocolate has basically a shelf life of a year. Okay. But at Dorothy's, we make our chocolate fresh for each season. Right now, we are making Easter chocolate for Easter. Now, most of the big chocolate companies that are in the drugstores have are making their chocolate for Christmas right now. Sure. That will be stored in warehouses, and they will take advantage of that year shelf life in the storage. Fresh chocolate is really better. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the best time to eat chocolate is the day you bought it. You're going to make a lot of people very hungry. We have to take a <laughs> we have to take a 60-second break here. When we come back, I want to ask you um, uh, some of the some of the, the challenges and opportunities that, that local businesses face uh, just like yours, okay? Yes. We're talking to Marty Gastel. She's the owner of Dorothy's Candies in White Oak. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Support comes in part from the G.C. Murphy Company Foundation. Created in 1952, the G.C. Murphy Company Foundation is a charitable organization that provides funding for educational, cultural, and public activities in the Monioc area. For more information, visit the website at www.gcmurphy.org. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. And we're back here on Radio 81, WEDO, 1550, WZUM, FM Internet Radio, and TubeCityOnline.com. Our guest this morning is Marty Gastel. She is the owner of Dorothy's Candies in White Oak. Dorothy'sCandies.com is the website. And can you give us the phone number again? 412-678-2723. Mm-hmm. We'll give that out uh, another time uh, later on here in the show. Uh, before we took the break, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about your mother-in-law who founded the business uh, originally during the Depression and then sort of a little bit more formally, you said, in 1947. I guess that's when she actually – is that when she actually opened her retail store? Yes. Okay. Um when she founded that business, it seems to me there were a lot of candy. Every town pretty much had a, a couple of, of local candy stores. McKeesport, um, Dorothy's was not the only candy store. And, in fact, there were a couple of fairly large candy companies in McKeesport. Crown Chocolate, I'm thinking of. Uh, some people will remember. And Thurman's Chocolates up in, in North for Sales. Um, I think Dorothy's though, is the only one left in the McKeesport area. Am I correct? When I did my research about this, Jason, I came up to the conclusion that there were about 350 candy stores in western Pennsylvania. Holy cow. I'm going to say in the 40s and 50s. And today there's about 35. So the winnowing is down to 90% are gone. What happened? Well, uh, drugstores and um, uh, machinery happened. So a lot of drugs, a lot of... uh, uh, chocolate is now produced by machine okay. and, instead of being handcrafted, and I think a, a, a lot of them were smaller. And I like to think that Dorothy survived because of the quality. There was such attention to detail and such a, a high quality. Uh, let's talk a little bit about 
some of the terminology that you're using, you talked before the break, you were talking about the centers, and I think people know what that means, but this is if you have a, um, a, a what I would call like a hand-dipped chocolate or, or like a, a caramel or a nut center, or I guess even the, the Easter eggs that have the fillings in them. How- right. I'm really talking about what we call a cream center. Okay. And our cream centers are made with a recipe on our own premises. Now, our, our nuts, we do nut clusters, and they're particularly wonderful when they're handcrafted because the nuts are really big. When you do a machine, you have to get the nuts. The nuts have to be shaved down really small, so it's like sawdust. So it's consistency. And it doesn't matter if yeah. it's a pecan or if it's an almond. It's it's a little bit uh, of crunch in a candy, but not really delicious. What sticks but, them together before you put the chocolate on? What holds the cream center together? A very good chocolate dip. Oh, the cream center yeah. is made of just the right texture so that it's, it, it's, it can stand as a little ball on itself. Okay. So it's, it's getting the right texture for that. If it's too liquid, you really can't do that. What is you the... have to be able to roll it by hand. Okay. What are some of the, the, the raw materials that, that, that come in, for instance? Like, how does the chocolate come in? It's a... Right. And, and that's a good point there. The chocolate does come in. Okay. Everybody in western Pennsylvania, uh, we are all chocolatiers. Mm-hmm. That means that we make chocolate confections. We don't make chocolate. Oh, you don't make raw from the raw chocolate, the cocoa beans? No. Okay. That's an extremely expensive Uh process, and it takes huge equipment to do any number of it, or it would, chocolate would cost like $200 a pound. It's cost prohibitive. So we all rely on uh, chocolate makers to make chocolate, even Hershey's, Uh which once did both, now is only a chocolatier. They only make confections and they now purchase their chocolate outside, too. But it's a matter of what grade of chocolate you use, and we use Swiss chocolate, which is the original. That's what Nestle and Peters invented. Prior to that, people drank chocolate and hot chocolate. But to eat chocolate, a milk chocolate in a chocolate bar. It wasn't really until like the 1870s or 1880s when condensed milk met chocolate, okay. you would have milk chocolate. And a Swiss chocolate means it's higher in cocoa and lower in sugar and a little bit higher in milk. So that is uh, what they do make in Switzerland today, and it's always been considered the best chocolate because of the high cocoa content. And it has a a slightly, um, uh, it's a less sweet taste to it, so you have a lot less sugar in the aftertaste and a lot more cocoa in the aftertaste. And just like with the fine wine, the aftertaste is very important in your chocolate. Marnie Gastel is our guest this morning. She's the owner of Dorothy's Candies in White Oak with uh, Easter and Passover coming up. We wanted to talk a little bit about the, the candy business. You you touched on something that I was going to bring up in, in I, my extensive research here, which pretty much just involved going to Wikipedia and, and clicking on some links. Yeah, chocolate was originally only drunk. It was a beverage, and it was actually very, I guess, bitter at first because well, they did not sweeten it. Chocolate- was first discovered in uh, Mexico and uh-huh. when the uh, the Aztecs the, uh, it says Maya and yeah. the Aztec had it the Maya had it before even before the Aztec but they only uh, blended it with hot peppers Ooh. and cornmeal yes so they drank it as a gruel and believe me as initially as a, when it was brought to Isabella's court everybody went what <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 luckily later on the the uh, Spanish soldiers figured out that hey this stuff really builds your 
stamina, and they got it. And then along came the Spanish nuns, and they said, hmm, wouldn't this be better with sugar in it? And the rest is history. So it took a while for us to evolve on and how we use the chocolate in a long time till we were able to actually eat chocolate in bars and solid pieces the way we do now. But but in the 1800s, 19th century then, that's when the sort of the, the bars well, that we're used to. Well, take long. It, okay. Chocolate became a great fad. In fact, the Spanish oh. didn't even tell anybody about it for 100 years. And I have read that the Spanish actually made more money from the export of chocolate from the New World than they did from gold. Okay. It was that popular. And uh, they didn't tell it to anybody in Europe for 100 years because they didn't want to share it. But one of the uh, young brides of a Spanish prince wanted to have it at her wedding, and that was the end. The secret is out, and it went crazy in Europe. There were chocolate houses everywhere, just like there are Starbucks today. Everywhere you turned around. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so when the chocolate comes in, then is it in? What is it in? Is it is it a powder? Is it a, a, a liquid? Is it a what it's is it? It's called a liqueur at that point. And okay. just to confuse you further, sure. Um, the, the tree is called a cacao tree. Okay. When it's taken off of the tree, it's called. Co- uh, cocoa, when it's in the bar form that we get it, it's called liqueur. Okay. So, yeah, it's got everybody's head spinning because it always has a different name. And the cacao tree is not related to the cocoa tree that grows in South America, okay. and it's from which we derive illegal drugs. Oh, coca. <laughs> yeah. As in cocaine, sure. Right, right. Okay, so when it comes to your, it's it's in a solid form when, when you and the it's other chocolatiers get it. It's called a liqueur, and it's going to look like a chocolate bar that's a couple feet, uh, 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 like a foot and a half long and a, maybe a foot wide and then maybe two inches or three inches thick. It's big. And what do you have to do to it then to, to prepare what, what it to work with it? Do, yeah, what we have to do is, because we're handcrafted, we have to hand temper it. Okay. Tempering is hugely important, and this is something that the home uh, chocolate tier can't do. This is why we really believe uh, that this is something best left for the artisans. And it does take about two years for us to train an artisan at wow. candies to be completely competent. Yes, and that is a challenge for small business because we can't uh, hire people and expect them to be competent chocolatiers. So the tra- we are very, very much a trainer in many things, and, and small business is that. But anyway, uh, tempering means that we're going to turn it into a crystal. Okay. It comes in, it's not really edible, and it's not a crystal. And by when we crystallize the chocolate, we take it up, down, and up. It has to go that way. The range in temperature is just three degrees. Hmm. And the real chocolatiers know exactly when that's tempered. If it's not tempered, that's when you'll see a chocolate will turn white on you. And it's still edible. Oh. That tempering is not usually done. With a home cook, you can usually just take that and your chocolate and throw it in a microwave. Yeah. So that's not tempering. It's, uh, the temp- How long does this do, process take? Um, it, it, well, if you don't we mind saying. Every mor- we start every morning uh-huh. to have everything already in liquid. So uh, we, we have uh, big vats of chocolate that are already liquid, and then our artisans come and take that chocolate and work with it to uh, make sure it's tempered. And they have to continually re-temper throughout that oh. tempered. And you know, when they do that, what they're doing is getting the molecules all lined up within that chocolate. So one of the hallmarks of fine chocolate is that it snaps because then you hear that sure. chocolate cracking along the lines of a, a crystal, like gold or like a diamond. But 
just all the molecules are to be in a line. Almost like ice crystals. Um, yeah, that's right, like okay. ice crystals. Just like when you break a break an ice cube. It, yep. We have a, one last 60-second break here to take when we come back. I, I want to ask you um, if you can have some tips for, for, for some people for, uh, number one, how to eat chocolate, but number two, for, for the home candy makers uh, who maybe want to try their hands, and, and they're not quite as elaborate as a chocolatier, but uh, a lot of people I know do make chocolate or make candy at this time of year, Okay. Okay. Marty Gastel is our guest this morning. She's the owner of Dorothy's Candies in White Oak, 412-678-2723 or dorothyscandies.com. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. And we're back for a final few minutes with Marty Gastel of Dorothy's Candies here on Radio 81, WEDO, 1550, WZUM, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. When we took the break, I, I mentioned that you might have some tips for, for home candy makers, but um, off the air you were telling me that might not be the, the, the greatest thing, that it's, a, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted, I guess. Well, what it is is you can't really buy a good grade of chocolate to use at home. Okay. Uh, we, the one we have is a recipe that's made specifically for us and is, is truly Swiss chocolate. But it's hard to work with. Uh-huh. That's why it requires artisans and why it takes two years to learn to work at Dorothy's. Okay. You just, just can't zip through it. In fact, I have a, 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 a friend that was telling me that she makes home chocolate, and I said, you do? And she said, oh, yes, I would never eat it, but I give it to other <laughs> So, Yuck. you know, it, it, it's just not going to be the same. And there's just not a, the availability. And it, you couldn't possibly do what we do when it takes so long to do it. Plus, uh, we do all kinds of hand painting, all, yeah. all kinds of beautiful gifts and giftware. And everybody is so busy now. So why not get great chocolate? And uh, it, there's lots of other nice crafts that we can all do. And then you can eat the real chocolate and not have to hide it from everybody else, <laughs> like my friend does. <laughs> okay. Yeah, seriously. So. So if you don't mind saying about how many people, when it, it, I assume it might go up and down seasonally, but about how many people are, are working for you at any given time? Well, we use about uh, we used to have about twenty five employees. Okay. Of course, at Eastern Christmas, they're all there, and then in the summer, almost everybody is off. Yeah, we, the store is still open, and we do bring in artisans to work from time to time in the summer. So. Um, uh, uh, talk a little bit about why do you think that Dorothy, you know, as we were talking uh, a little while ago, there used to be all kinds of chocolate companies and, and candy stores. And as you mentioned, um, about 90% of them now over the years have, have gone by the wayside. Um, there's Dorothy's and, and there's your big competitor down in Washington County that everybody knows about. Well, um, we're not a competitor in that, that because we're actually in a very different business. Okay. Uh, How so? We are not, because we're handcrafted and we're not in drugstores and supermarkets. Okay. We don't intend to be. Okay. You have to do a different thing. You have to make it uh, by machine to do it that way. You have to get rid of the tempering and, and so forth. And not and not only that, you have to put a huge investment in uh, trucks, drivers, and delivery. Sure. So I think that I like to think of us being in the handcrafted chocolate business, and drugstore uh, candies are really more in the delivery business. You're paying most of your money for those candies for the convenience, but when you do shop at Dorothy's, you're putting most of your money into labor and ingredients. So those two things are both that you're going to see in the quality of that chocolate. There's really a, there's two totally different products there, really. It, it reminds me, we, we had somebody on from uh, Voodoo Brewing um, last year or two years ago. 
And it's sort of the yeah. difference between going to a, a brew pub where they make the beer on site or going to a beer distributor and, and buying something from Miller or Anheuser-Busch or whatever, that there are different levels of there is the, the, the brew pub that handcrafts it, there's the little bit bigger microbrewery, and then there's the, the big corporate brewery. And I, I guess there's a place right. for everyone, but um, it's a different market and it's a different kind of quality product. Right, it's a different kind of quality. And you'll, you'll, look, you'll see a difference immediately. You'll smell a difference. And um, I've got to tell you, one time I, I brought some chocolates home from a very decent but small chocolatier. Not, even, uh, not all small chocolatiers are the same either. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think they are. Very nice. Uh, they gave us some chocolates. And I brought them home to my grandkids, who were at the time, Seven and eight, you know, and and I said, here, have this box of chocolates. And as soon as they smelled it, they said, no. And I said, what? I said, this is okay. They said, it's not Dorothy's. And I said, well, have it. And they said, no, because it smells funny. (laughs) (laughs) We have just a few. We have just a couple more minutes. So let me ask you, if somebody is out, let's say someone is out of town. They go to the Jersey Shore or they go to Florida or they go to California or wherever, and they visit a, a chocolatier. What should they be looking for? What would you look for if you were trying someone else's chocolate? What, what what to you is a good chocolate? Well, what is this? What is the smell? What is the taste? What what, what are people? The uh, the the uh, fine chocolate should should snap. Okay. You, uh, you, like you uh, said, a crystal. Uh, right, and uh, it, but like I said, my seven and eight year old grandsons could immediately tell by smell, and that's part of how our artisans know when it's tempered. They can smell that, okay? But if you, if you haven't smelled it, if you come into our store, you'll smell it right away. You'll get that right away. It should be shiny. Oh. It should be a, yeah. It should have hand-drawn circles on the top. Okay. All of ours have what's called on, a string on the top of it. Okay. Handcrafted chocolate has a thick layer of chocolate. Okay. You're buying chocolates for the chocolate. The uh, other flavors are just to enhance the flavor of the chocolate, not to replace it. So we don't try to shake chocolate off. We leave it nice and thick. And if people would like to see how we make it, they can go to my website at dorothyscandies.com and see our PCN tour. Oh. Okay. That's on there. They were kind enough to let us have a copy so they can go right through yeah. our candy factory with us right today. We're running out of time here. We're pushing the clock. But what are some things that people um, common? You, one of the things you mentioned is that uh, uh, people should eat the chocolate as soon as possible after it's made. Fresh chocolate, obviously, is going to be the best. How should people right. store chocolate if they get a box of dorothy's candies or someone else's candies how should they store it well uh they should never be stored in the refrigerator now dorothy's oh, okay candies, because it's a fine chocolate will pick up other flavors That's oh one reason we don't sell it in drugstores okay so if it's a side of salami well you know yeah uh, you don't want to do that but the other thing i want to say is that chocolate is a slow eating thing okay uh, people always say i don't want to get that but i want to tell you in switzerland they eat Two times as much chocolate per person as we do, but they don't have an obesity problem. Nobody ever got fat eating fine chocolates, okay? Chocolate is, fine chocolate is meant to be eaten slowly. And remember, if you buy chocolate that's not handcrafted, you may be getting soy fat instead of uh, uh, cocoa fat. Now, what they do to make the chop it cheaper and thinner so that they can run a lot of it off, Uh is to take out cocoa fat and put in soy fat. Soy fat is not good for you. It's not heart healthy. In fact, it's the opposite. Whereas cocoa fat is heart healthy. So you're eating a healthier chocolate when you eat Dorothy's Candy's fine chocolate. I feel like we're going to have to charge you for the commercial here pretty soon. Uh, (laughs) uh, true. (laughs) What what are some things people can serve with chocolate? Because some people I know like like to pair a chocolate with a wine. What kind of goes well, well together if you were going to 
do that. You do have a, a wine tasting chocolate tray. Okay. But if you want to have a party, and at what the idea behind it is, you're supposed to have a chocolate that's not as sweet as the wine. That's oh, okay. very important. So that's why having this blander Swiss chocolate is really particularly good for this. We make a bark, so you're just going to have little pieces of chocolate that everybody can pick. Pl- uh, plain. No, you don't want any creams with this because that's going to you know override the taste of the wine. So the, we have a white bark around. Then we have a, a milk, then a dark, then a 72% cocoa okay. in the middle. So you get a bottle of white wine, right, to, to taste the white bark. Okay. And a bottle of uh, a mild mild red wine, like a table wine. Okay. And you go to a Berlot or something like that, a Bordeaux. Red so a very dry, a very dry a wine. Dry, yep, yep. Okay. You would and use a dark chocolate wine, with that. You sort of for the dark chocolate, right? And then the last one, which is the double tart, I would go with the champagne, so huh. that you have a nice finish for the meal. But you can do anything there, like a liqueur or a, you know a, a, um, a sherry or something like that too, would be just as nice with that double dark. And it, I always tell the people that you get those four bottle of wines, the wine tasting bark tray, and you don't even have to clean the house. Nobody will care. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Quick party, instant party. Marty Gastel has been our guest. Give us your website and your phone number again one more time. www.dorothyscandies.com, 412-678-2723. Marty Gastel has been our guest. She's the owner of Dorothy's Candies, and um, everybody out there is probably now cho- hungry for chocolate. And if they're listening to this on Sunday morning, uh, they're going to have to wait until Monday when the store is open. Thank you very much. Yes, bye-bye. Thank you, Marty. Thanks. Take, take care. Thank you all for listening. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated, WEDO Radio, or those of WZUM 1550. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution or find out how you can underwrite this program, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the Donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes, or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Thank you.